Welcome to the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I'm your host, Cloyd Brown. I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Barnabas Speaks. If this is your first time here and this is your first time listening, one, I would like to welcome you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for taking the time to just listen and see what this is all about. But this is a podcast about faith. It's a podcast about encouragement. It's a podcast about empowerment. Uh, what I try to do each week is to take simple, not necessarily simple, but I would like to take scripture. I'd like to take things that are going on in our society and give you a, a scriptural or faith-based idea, but also something empowered to encourage you to practical for practical living. And so here we are in the next week. So last week we talked about the Renaissance Man, which was an intro. And you know, if you've been a, a listener of the podcast, you know that I like to do a little series, uh, maybe three or four episodes where we actually talk about different things and we we get deep down and, and we allow ourselves to look at things from several different layers, several different angles and several different perspectives. And so we've been talking about the Renaissance Man and that the title of this, this series is based off of a movie that I saw years ago, probably when I was still a, a preteen or teenager. It was uh the star was Danny DeVito. It was called The Renaissance Man, and in that in that series, that movie rather, it was just it was based on the idea of being a well-rounded person. And how I got here is uh, just kind of watching what we have, what we see in today's day and age. And it seems that a lot of us are tunnel visioned and kind of one-sided and not multidimensional, specifically. As I am a faith man, I'm speaking of people of faith and that uh, whether we're talking about evangelicals or uh, or evangelists or things of that nature. or And so when we begin to think about those things, we have to ask ourselves, are we well-run individuals? Do we, do we blend in and out? Do we allow ourselves to be able to be everything to everyone, as uh, Paul stated uh, in our scripture from last week where he said that, that to the Greeks I became a Greek, to the Jews I became a Jew, to those that, that followed the law I became someone that followed the law. And the idea is that you are able to to minister, to testify, and to, to evangelize, and to, to fulfill the great commission to all those that you run into. But it's hard to do that if you're not well-rounded. And this week I would like to talk about something that I feel that I'm not I'm not saying that I'm an expert in, but I would like to have a conversation about the, the the millennial parent. The millennial parent, when we start thinking about the Renaissance, <clears throat> when we're talking about, talking about the Renaissance, man, and being well-rounded, and we often think about the church, and we think about how we become so one-dimensional, and we're all in at church, we're all in at our job, and we're not all in where it matters the most, and I begin to think about what it means to be a millennial parent, and how I came to this this idea, this subject, this thought was uh, just kind of being observant, and uh, being observant in the thing, the people around me, the people that I see, the people, whether it's on my timeline, whether it's on people that I have contact with each and every day, I'm able to just see something different uh, as I watch millennial parents parent, uh, and because I'm a father, I want to speak from the father's perspective, and I hope that those listening, whether you are a parent or not, or whether you are a father or not, uh, that you're able to pull something from this, and I hope that this gives you practical thought process and practical living. I I'm, I think this may be a two-part uh, titled episode of when we start talking about the millennial parent uh, and the Renaissance man. Uh, 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 series, I think I would like to have a, a partner in crime uh, for the next week, and I have to see if I can arrange that. But um, the the millennial parent, what does it mean to be a millennial parent? Uh, first off, let me give this disclaimer. Although I'm saying the Renaissance man, that is not in the sense of, of gender-related. The Renaissance man, it could be a Renaissance person, uh, but it's based specifically off the movie Renaissance Man. Um, and so, what but I want to talk about the millennial parent because the millennial parent, we, we are we are different as a millennial parent, as a person uh, born uh, within the range of the millennial and millennials. I, I think about uh, what does it mean to be a parent? What, how do I differ from my parents' generation? And uh, 
I think there's a strong difference uh, because we are not, we don't fall into the same, if you will, traditional uh, roles uh, as millennial parents, as millennial fathers and millennial mothers. Uh, as I look around and I think about those par- those friends that I have that are co-parenting, one of my close friends, um, he has he is married now, but he before he was married, he had a child. And I watch as him and his daughter's uh, uh, mother, they truly co-parent how they how they really have a, a, a blend of how they're doing things. And I, I look back to when. Excuse me. Uh, I look back to when my parents and the, some of the relationships I've seen as as we goes to co-parenting, and just so we can have a range a a, a range of where uh, uh, millennials go, it would be from the, those that were born from 1981 to 1996. Those born from 1981 to 1996. I want to really definitely have a. Um, a baseline for this, and so when we start thinking about millenn- uh, the, the the blended families and the the co-parenting, and I, I watch him as him and his uh, his daughter's mother. I don't like the term baby mother or baby father. Him and his daughter's mother truly uh, figure things out as they they are co-parenting and raising this this young lady in a just a different age, and I did not see that. Growing up, I saw that generally when there were there were, there were people were instructed to co-parent, it was just this struggle and this fight for control, struggle to to have your voice heard, uh, uh, struggle to hurt and to to diminish relationships, and that doesn't seem to be the case now because I think part of the challenge, part of the difference, part of the well-roundedness, when we start talking about the Renaissance parent. Um, and the millennial parents, some of that happened because they've they witnessed the hurt and pain that's happened to them. And so I want to stop and put a pin there. When we start thinking about the the the, the millennial parent, and we think about the Renaissance man, a Renaissance person, a Renaissance person is one that takes the lessons that they have learned and apply it to different aspects of their life. A Renaissance person must be one that takes a lesson that they learn in life and apply it to different aspects of their life. It does not do you any good to go through something, to have an experience with something, and not to learn the lesson from it. If you don't learn the lesson, then you have went through that thing in vain. Something that my pastor says is that if we understand that vanity is a sin, if you make a mistake and you don't learn a lesson, then you made that mistake in vain and then you are practicing vanity. And so what I what I would like that you would do as you begin to think about what does it mean to be a parent? What does it mean to be a renaissance person is to take the lesson that you learned and and begin to be introspective, begin to think about what does it take? What can I pull from this? That would allow me to grow. What can I pull from this that will be an asset to different in different parts of my life? What can I pull from this that will make me a better person? How can I use this mistake or this? It doesn't even have to be uh, a mistake. It could just be an experience. How do I take this experience, good or bad, and be the best version of myself? How do I take this experience and be the best? Christ version of myself. That's what the, the Renaissance person is We're always trying to improve themselves to be well-rounded. Notice I did not say to say to be balanced because I, I find that sometimes we use balance as a scapegoat for our behaviors. But we do need to consider how can we become the best versions of ourselves? And so I, as I think about the millennial parent, I think, and once again, I am, I'm speaking from the father's side. And I, as I talk to my, my friends, I talk to my very close friends. And what you'll find that the millennial father is doing is taking on more roles within inside the house, within inside the home. You'll find that the millennial father is 
doing more within the home to be better, to be a better teammate and the caring and the the upbringing and the raising of the children. And that's important because how do I, how you act as a parent, how you act as as a potential parent, how you provide care for your child matters. The fact is that as, as, as Renaissance people, we no longer have to be what we saw. And the, 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 what a Renaissance man or Renaissance woman understands is that that change is inevitable. And sometimes to adapt is the, the way that we survive. And what what has changed from when our parents were, were parenting in us and, and bringing us up and raising us and what has changed now is that now you find that both mom and dad whether married or not, are both working full-time. And so it cannot be expected to put the, the onus of raising a child, and I'm talking about uh, the, the, the nurturing and the upbringing of a child, uh, in the hand of one parent. But it, it's required for both. So that means that sometimes that both parties are going to have to cook the dinners and both type parties are going to have to take part in bath time. And both parties are going to have to sometime. there's going to be some time where the father it breaks the quote unquote in our society's traditional role and be the, 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 the primary caretaker of the child while mom is at work. And that does not uh, in any way pull away from who you are as a man or who you are as a woman because there's this this conflict sometimes of who you are purposed to be and who you are growing to be and who you expected to be and what society has placed on you to be. And I'm encouraging you because sometimes that sometimes it's okay if the, the, the husband is the better cook and so he does the main cooking. He cooks the breakfast and he cooks and he makes the lunches. It's okay. And what what I always say about marriage and I always say about relationships is that that your relationship is your relationship and there is no no perfect template. There's no perfect template. There's no there's no there's not this this perfect a, a, a uh, uh, template of how you should be a father and how you should be a husband and how you should be a mother and how you should be a wife. But the fact is that when you get in that relationship and you begin to develop and evolve and, and, and become these things, you must now take on the responsibility to, to, to assess who you are to be, not what you're supposed to be. Because the reality of it is that you may not be, you may not be what you pictured. It may not be meant for you to to be what you pictured. It may not be meant for you to be what society tells you you have to be. And the more that you begin to fight, the more as as, as a millennial parent, the more you begin to, to fight and struggle with who you're becoming, and who you you have been purposed to be as the millennial mother or the millennial dad or the millennial husband or the millennial uh, uh, wife. The more that you struggle with allowing yourself to become because you don't look like what everybody else said you're supposed to be. And so, case in point, and so when... When I, I, I like cooking, I enjoy it, I feel like that I'm a, I'm a pretty good cook. So... Many people would place on women the fact that if you want to you want to be a wife or quote unquote wife material, you have to be able to cook. That's that's something that you should be. That that's what makes you wife wife material wifey. But that changes when you get to me, because it wasn't a requirement for my wife. Now my wife can cook, and she cooks pretty well, but it's not a requirement. Not only is it not a requirement, it now removes the, 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 the pressure of her feeling like she has to cook for me every night or because there, there's this, this societal pressure or this societal expectation that she should, she should be home and cook for me every night, cook for her, quote unquote, cook for her man. And that's what defines who she is, is as a wife. 
But the reality is, is that that was not a requirement of me. So that so I don't weigh that at, on whether she is a good wife or not. It's not something I ever I never placed that expectation on anybody that I was that I was uh, dating or courting. And then when I got to my wife, it was a, isn't a plus that she can cook is a plus that that. It, but it doesn't doesn't mean that that's what makes her a good wife. There are other ways that, to, to decide what makes her a good wife for me. And that that goes on to the next thing. Just because you're not the. The, the, the mom that, that cuts the sandwiches and puts the sandwiches in the, the lunchbox and you're not the mom that makes all the PTA meetings that, 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 it, that the teachers know and stuff like that. Just because you're not that mom doesn't mean that you're not the good mom for your, one, for your family, but also for your child. And just because you're not the dad that, 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 that is... Uh, Silent but present, and just because you're not the the, the firm hand, that the one that does all the correcting, that does all the punishment, and just because you're not that, but you happen to be the the, the, the dad that cooks, and you happen to be the dad that that makes the lunches, and you happen to be the dad that that goes to the school and that goes to the the the, the PTA meetings and the conferences, because. You, you guys have a different dynamic that doesn't lessen who you are as a man because you don't meet with society, one, an antiquated societal expectation. What a renaissance person does is realize that when something is evolving, that it begins to evolve with it and adjust for what is needed. Beloved, I, you know that I continue, I love to, to, to take faith things and make them practical but this is this most of this is all practical but i want to use i of course you know that i have to use a scripture so i was looking at the different scriptures so let's go to ephesians 6 ephesians 6 says fathers do not exasperate 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 your children instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the lord and what that what that means to me is yes it does what it, the, the king james says do not drive your child to wrath and what, I, what I'm saying is that sometimes we put so much onus on the children because before that scripture, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord and for, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, that is verse verses one through three of chapter six of Ephesians. But the other but we never we fail to continue in chapter four where it, where it gives instruction to the parents. It gives instructions to the father. And it says, do not drive your children to wrath. And sometimes when you're trying, when you're so stuck in, in this one way of how you how your father raised your, raised you and how your grandfather raised your father and that how society says that a father should be and that you need to be in a house like this or you need to be. Do this, 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 and that to be a good father. And what I am telling you, what I'm encouraging, what I'm imploring you to understand that there is no stereotypical or no shell or no, no, no template of what makes you a good father. What makes you a good father is to be present in your son's life, to be present in your daughter's life. What makes you a good mother is to be present and to be active in your child's life. But it does not have to fit in, the, in a cookie cutter, in a cookie shape to, for it to work. And so whatever society tells you have to be, I'm telling you, I'm releasing you to my fellow millennial parents. Allow yourself to adapt to what your family needs and what to your child needs. And don't be so consumed and don't let guilt be, be, be placed on you and pressure be placed on you because you don't reach the societal norms. We are adjusting, we are changing, we are evolving. And if you're going to be a renaissance person, if you're going to be a renaissance man, if you're going to be a, a renaissance woman, you have to allow to yourself to adjust and realize that you don't have to fit into any societal norms because that is not what's been expected of you. And that's not, that is not what is expected of you by God. Maybe God wants 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 you to wants you to, to 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 do more at home with the kids, Dad. Maybe God has you in a season where you you're, you are seeking to to be a to be uh to, to further your career, Mom. And maybe both of you have figured out a way to, that that both of you guys can do it at the same time. 
and it's going to be highs and lows. It's not always going to be like, so for 12 years, for, for the 12 years, not, yeah, I guess for 12 years that the kids, or we'll even say that from 1 to 18, whether children are in school, that mom puts her dreams on hold and she doesn't pursue anything else. And dad just continues to work career, 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 career. It may not be like that in your household. It may be where where dad does work the eight to five and mom does work the eight to five, but they both pursuing their careers. But because mom may have to work a little bit later, dad comes home and gets dinner together and dad comes together and, and gets the kids ready for bed. And dad helps with the homework. Because we do not have to fit into the norms that society has placed on us because we are renaissance people. And the, with the, what I've watched with the millennial parent is that we are slowly breaking, breaking loose of the chains that society has placed on us to say that we have to be this way to be considered to be good at this thing. We must be well-rounded. To be considered renaissance people. And that may mean that we don't have to fit what society said we had to be. And, I, and I'm using the millennial parent, but really this works for anything that you that, that you can see fit. You don't have to fit what society told you that you had to be for you to be good at that thing and to be successful at that thing. You can be a good dad without being the strict disciplinarian. You could be a good mom, even if you don't make all the PTA meetings, even if you don't make all the conferences. But if you guys, if you, dad and mom, whether married or not, figure out a way to, to truly be in your child's life and to be active and work out a plan that works for you. And if even if it only works for you, it doesn't work for anybody else, it's fine. So maybe you do fit into the, the, the quote-unquote traditional norms and and mom is the, the, the stay at home or mom is all the all the, uh, the the paperwork and stuff like that and dad brings the uh, bring the money in and then dad goes to the sporting events and mom takes care of the lunches if that is the case that's great that's fine but it makes sure that it works for you but don't force yourself in it because a renaissance person is not going to force into a, a puzzle piece in a place that it does not fit and there's no perfect kitty cookie cutter way to do this i'm telling you what i've experienced it's been our experience that we, like from my, me and my wife, as we take care of Aiden, and we have a different challenge, and not to say that it's a, a tougher challenge, but we just have a different challenge in having a son with autism. And so in that, it means that so for the first few years, first three or four years, because I was working and I was active in church, I was active in the church, and it was a demand on me, my wife after after my son got a daycare, after she spent most of the evenings with him, and then so we moved here, and I have more free time, and so now, and my wife is now in her PhD program, and so and so she goes to work, or she was going, she yeah, she goes to work, and then she goes, uh, she goes to class, and that means that in the evenings, I'm on I'm on full time dad duty, not to say that I wasn't on full time dad, but I'm on full hey dinner. Uh, bath time, bedtime. I'm getting my son off the bus, and it doesn't make me any less of a man or her or me. It doesn't make me any more of a father or her any less of a mother because it's this set up because we don't fit society because we we understand that we have ebbs and flows, but our ebbs and flows are for our relationship, our parenting, and not what society says. Continuing on the Renaissance man thought we. We don't have to fit anybody's timeline. We don't have to fit anyone's structure of how they said it should be. We don't have to fit in anybody else's frame because our frame is our frame and our frame alone. Our foundation is our foundation, our foundation alone. And what this reminds me of is the, the, the church in the wilderness, the, the, the people of Israel, and they got used to seeing God come one way, but every time he came a different way. Sometimes he came in a pillar of cloud, and, uh, and sometimes he came uh, at fire, a pillar of fire at night, and he came in a cloud by day. Excuse me. And sometimes 
He's speaking through Moses. Sometimes he, he is, he is, he is uh, coming at, down as manna from heaven. Sometimes he's coming through the prophets. Sometimes he's coming through the judges. Sometimes he's, he is now here on earth in, G, in the form of Jesus Christ. But he's never coming the same way. And it's okay because no matter what you think that you have a lock on who God is, and you have a lock on what makes a good mother and you have a lock on what makes a good uh, father and what, what makes a good wife and what makes a good husband, what makes a good relationship. You have a lock on all these different things. And every time you think you have a, a, a lock, th- th- you have to realize that it evolves and changes. And sometimes we get so, I'm not saying that tradition is bad, but sometimes we get so caught up in tradition and how things go. And we don't realize that sometimes things change and adjust and, and, and life is not rigid. It's fluid like water. And things change and adjust. And so what I, what it means, why I use the millennial parent is because in, in the millennial parent, you'll see a, a, a strict, or not a strict, but you'll see a very visible change and adjustment from our parents, the previous generation's way of parenting and our way of parenting. Our, the, the, the previous generation's structure on uh, co-parenting and our flow of co- structure of co-parenting from the previous generation of what marriage looks like in there and what marriage looks like here because it, it, that life because life is fluid and time is fluid and it's not rigid and, and just we must go with the flow sometimes and sometimes we want to be rigid for the sake of being rigid so, so we can say this is how I was taught and, and the sometimes sometimes the way that you was taught the way that you saw was wrong it's not that it was wrong when you saw it but it was wrong it's wrong for your time it's wrong for where you are now beloved we have to be able to go and and go with the ebbs and flow of life and realize that just because it was done that way during that time doesn't mean it's going to work during this time and some things like we understand that the word is unchanging but the way that we deliver the word may be different yes the way that we used to go get jobs it was this way but we have to realize that the, the way of the world is changing so we don't so people are not passing out business cards now now they pass now linkedin uh linkedin uh uh, sites. Some people were they, they were going door to door to businesses, passing out their resume. Now everything's done online, and so that way is antiquated. What you have to realize that things do change. The 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 the, the core of it may be the same, but the delivery has changed. And the Renaissance person, the Renaissance man, the Renaissance woman is able to see that change and adjust accordingly. And if you are so rigid in your ways, if you're so rigid on how you believe a parent should be, if you're so rigid in believing how you believe a husband or a wife should be, or if you're so rigid in all these different thoughts, it's impossible for you to really adjust to, to being a Renaissance person. You must watch the ebbs and flows and figure out the new way to get it through. What is God doing now? What are you doing now in your life? Because sometimes the reason why we we find ourselves out of a career, sometimes the re- we the reason why we feel out, find ourselves out of a relationship, is because we weren't observant enough to realize. That how we used to do it. It wasn't wrong then. But it's not effective now. Hear me. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't wrong during that time. When it was effective, it was effective. But now during this time, it, it, flow, it flows differently. So it's no longer effective. So it's wrong now. So what you want to be careful of, you don't look back at how your parents did things and said that they did it wrong. They did it right for their time. It was effective then, but it may not be effective now. And it's okay. It was effective for their relationship, but it may not be effective for your relationship. I'm not 
saying that I agree with open relationships. Uh, I don't I don't really understand how it works. I don't know all the details. But if you were to look at someone else's relationship, whether they have an open relationship or not, and you bring what they do in their relationship, what's effective for them, back to your relationship, it can very much kill your relationship. It kills your relationship because it doesn't work for your relationship. It wasn't meant to work for your relationship. What... The scripture we read, it says, do not drive your kids to wrath. So just because this parent does it this way, or just because your dad did it this way, and your mom did it this way, and it worked for you, it does not mean that it's meant to be a way for it to work for your children. The millennial parent, why the millennial parent? Because everybody on your Chloe, everybody on your podcast is not going to be a parent, and everyone is not going to want children. And so, what is you? What are you trying to say to the people that are listening to this, that are trying to get a nugget, and trying to get a seed out of what you're saying? What I am saying is, is that what worked for our parents, what worked for our the previous generation, may not be. What works for us? What I am saying is that just because it worked before doesn't mean it's going to work now. Just because it was a perfect fit before doesn't mean that it's a perfect fit now. It's, it's, it's not. It may not be. And, and what the Renaissance person is going to do is they're going to view it and say, hey, is there a different approach? Is this still effective? If you're, gonna, if you're a leader... If you're a leader in the church, if you're a leader at your job, if you're a leader uh, at your volunteer events, you have to begin to ask yourself, is, is what, I'm, what I'm doing, the way that I'm doing, is it effective? Am I doing it because it's effective or I'm doing it because that's what worked before? And every time you have to begin to view and look at things to see if they are still effective. Stop looking at, stop looking at how you can fit the situation into your tradition or your, your way of doing things or fit things into a way of your way of doing things because we are past the time we're past the season we're past the, the thing where you're saying this is how it was always done because that doesn't mean it was right we have we have moved past that time now, the, what, the millennial has, what the millennial has said is, what's the most effective way of doing things? And now I'm taking, speaking to you parents. As you have teenagers, and what if, what if your, 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 your teenager, your college, your, your, your high school graduate, what if it's not meant for them to go to college? Because... Growing up, that's all we were told. If you go to college, you get a good job. And our generation, the millennial generation, has found out that it's not, it, it's not enough. I don't sure. I, I wonder the percentage of people in the millennial generation that have graduated from college, that have a degree, and they are currently working in what their degree was in. The real reality is that we have changed. Society has changed. In fact, I read an article the other day that says that trade jobs are coming back. So that means that college may not be the answer. What is it that your, your child wants to do? Think about some of the things that your child may, may want to do. Is college really necessary? We have to understand that times change and what was traditionally accepted when we were coming up may not be traditionally expected or accepted now. So stop beating yourself up because you don't fall into what was traditionally expected. Stop beating yourself up, moms, because you work a little bit later and so you can't be there when your son gets from school or your daughter gets home from school, but but dad is there. 
For you single parents, stop beating yourself up because you need help with and grandma helps and your, your friends help. Stop beating yourself up because you're using after school programs instead of using family because but but understand that is okay. It's okay that you're doing things differently. I'm speaking to now because I know that there's some there's some moms and there's some dads and there's some husbands and some wives beating themselves up struggling because they don't fit into what everyone else said that they were supposed to be. What does it mean to be the millennial man? I think I, I want to break this, this down a little bit and realize that it doesn't look like what it used to be. We had this stereotypical thing of what a man should be and what a woman should be and what a mother should be and what a father should be, what a husband should be, and what a wife should be. And it's not the same. I can think about my friends. These are my friends. And so because I'm married, a lot of my friends are married. And some of them married with children, some of them are not. And many of them are not what our fathers were. Many of us are not what our fathers were as it comes to parents, as fathers. And what I mean by that, many of us are the, the evening caretakers of our, of, our, of our kids. And some of it is not because mom is busy chasing after a career, which is okay. As we go into the, this renaissance, man, as we begin to think about how things are changing and how, how women, are, women are finding their voice and finding their, are, allowed, are being allowed to find their place. And we are changing the dynamic of what family is. As, as men are finding their place back inside the house and inside the home. As they are, as, as the, the husband and wife team or the, 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 the father and mother team are truly functioning as a team and as it just. You don't have to fight it because it doesn't look like what they told you it should look like. You don't have to fight it. Sometimes we fight change so much and the change is necessary. Part of the challenge with the, 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 the Sadducees and Pharisees was that Jesus was changing, not because we always talk about the status quo, not just the status quo. Not the status quo of leadership, but he was changing the approach to their faith. That's why they were mad about him eating on the Sabbath, and that's why he was mad about him healing on the Sabbath. Because it didn't look like what they thought it should look like, because it wasn't what it was traditionally looked, what it traditionally was. And beloved, what I'm telling you as Renaissance people. As Renaissance mothers and Renaissance fathers and Renaissance husbands and Renaissance wives, it doesn't have to look that way. And the more you, for you, for the parents to get back to the, the the scripture, the more you try to fit a corner piece of your puzzle into the center of your puzzle, you're going to drive your children to wrath. You're going to drive your husband. You're going to drive your wife to wrath. You're going to drive your businesses to wrath. And it's going to be the downfall of, of the thing that you're trying to do because you won't take a moment to, to consider the evolution 
of the thing that you're in, but also take an assessment on whether the thing that you're trying to do, the way that you've been told to do it, is still effective. No, this is not a, a big, uh, oh man, uh, where's, the, where's the empowerment? Where's the encouragement? When I'm trying, when, yeah, sometimes I get excited and I go on this, this rant and I raise my voice and, and it sounds like I'm preaching. But what I'm, what I'm pushing you to do is to, to, to consider the things in your life that have changed. And to consider if the things, the way the things in your life have changed, if you are pursuing it, pursuing it and going about it in an antiquated way. When's the last time you asked yourself, why are you doing things the way that you're doing them? When's the last time you've asked yourself, why? Why do I do it this way? Is it because it's what's expected of me by society? Why, 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 woman? Why, 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 sister? Why, daughter? Why, why, mother? Why, wife? Why do you feel guilty about pursuing your career? Why do you feel guilty about not wanting to be married? Why do you feel guilty about not wanting to be a mother? It's because society tells you that this is what you should want. Why? Why? You, if you are making decisions based on what society tells you that you should want, then you have to consider what God has purposed you for. Because I always think about this is that in, in, uh, in the Bible, uh, Paul talks about, he says that I wish that, uh, I wish that, that you, that you didn't marry. And he insinuates, he alludes to the fact that some people have the gift of singleness. And some people have the gift of married, being married. Now, if that's the case, let's let's go this case. Let's let me. I, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I'm a logic person. If that's the case, and, and if we believe that 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 sex is to be had in the confines of marriage, we're using this Christian principle. If in, within the Christian principle, with the Christian expectation is that sex is to be within the confines confines of marriage. And Pete Paul is saying that some have the gift of singleness. Then that means that some some people have the gift of never being a parent. And so if that is the case, why should you feel bad because you don't want to be a mother? Why should you feel bad because you don't want to be a father? Why should you be feel bad because you don't want to be married? Why should you feel bad because you don't want to own a house? And you prefer to rent. Why should you feel bad because you enjoy a nine to five and you don't want to be an entrepreneur? Why should you feel bad because you want to be an entrepreneur and you don't want to be a nine to five? Because right now the, the wave is entrepreneurship and people will make you feel guilty because you work a regular nine to five and that you have no desire for entrepreneurship. Not in its, its purest form. But somebody has to work. All these small businesses, they, they need employees. Somebody has to work. What I'm trying to tell you, beloved, is that what worked before may not be for you. The expectation that has been set before you may not be what you're supposed to fulfill. And so maybe it's time to step back to, to, to consider what God's will is and to consider what, what, what God has purposed you for. I told you that if you this is your first time, listen, I am a faith man. I'm going to preach Christ and preach him crucified. And so 
Everything to me always leads back to Christ. And I understand that you may not be a believer, but that's what happens on this podcast, that that, that everything leads back to Christ. And so everything I believe, everyone has a God purpose and they must consider what God's will is for them in their life. And so I know someone's saying, and I don't even know why I got on this tangent. Someone is saying, well, well, what if I don't believe in God? But God still has a your belief in God does not change his your or your disbelief in God does not change his purpose for your life. He has a purpose for you. And so maybe you don't go back and consider it, but but you must what I do know is that you cannot live off the live off of trying to fulfill the expectations of other people. And so what I want, what I'm freeing you to say, freeing you to say, hey, it's okay. It's okay. I'm freeing you to say, I don't want to be a mom. I'm freeing you to say, I don't want to be a father. I'm freeing you to say, I, now I'm not telling you to do this if you are a mom already and you are a father right now, because if that's the case, you have a responsibility to that child. I have to put that caveat in because I don't want to leave anything hanging. But if you are not a parent right now, and it's not something that you desire to be. It's okay. If you're not in a relationship right now and it's not something you desire to be in, it's okay. You can be single and happy regardless of what society says. And, and I'm, I'm speaking to, to both men and women. And But uh, right now, maybe more specifically women because how society has it built up that it has to be something wrong with you if you're not desiring a relationship or you're not in a relationship. But what I'm saying is that if... If we believe what the Bible is saying, and I do, if you believe what the Bible is saying, and Paul is saying that, that, that some have the gift of singleness, some will be single, and some will be married. That if that is the case, that, if that is the case, that it means it's okay for you not to be married. It's okay for you not to desire it. That means that there's nothing wrong with you if you don't want that. It's nothing wrong with being satisfied with being single. And it, sometimes it may just be for a season. But for whatever it is, whether it's a season for it's a lifetime, it's okay. I'm freeing you to say it's okay. That I don't have to fall into society's, the, the society's box. I know this started as millennial parents, but I must speak to the people that are not parents and that have no desire of being parents. Because I'm talking about to the Renaissance person, I'm talking to the millennials. And it's okay. And don't let anyone put this burden, put this pressure on you to feel that you have to desire this thing. You don't. It may not even be your purpose. Or maybe it is. But it's not what God wants you to focus on right now. There's more to life than being someone's husband or wife. There's more to life than being someone's uh, uh, mother or father. There's more to life. There's more to life than being an entrepreneur. And you don't have to, to fit these, these things. I'm, I, I'm hoping that this frees you. And realizing that Part of being a renaissance person is adjusting with life. But also part of being a renaissance person is realizing that that what was may not be for effective to what's now. What is God telling you that you should do? You may have a greater purpose than tradition. That is our time for the Renaissance Man Part 2, The Millennial Parent. And I think that I just wanted, as we go and continue, I want to talk about it from the, just the millennial perspective. Uh, because we've got a bad rap. Uh, we get... When they bring up millennials, they just trash us. Millennial this, and we're soft this, and this, this, and that. And I want to talk about that, and I want to empower you, my fellow millennials. And so until next time, God bless you. God love you.
Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Barnabas Speaks Podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Brown. And as always, I want to end this with an invitation. One of the invitations is to reach out to me. Uh, if you are looking to ask questions, you have comments, concerns, then I would like to give you my contact information. But also this is for if you are interested in learning how to begin your relationship with Christ, if you're interested in salvation, if you would like to make Jesus Christ your uh, Lord and Savior, if you're confessing that Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I would like to give that opportunity for you because it can happen right now, right here. Uh, also, if you just have questions about your relationship with Christ or you want to uh, speak further about uh, me coming to speak or anything, those things, I would like to provide my contact information. My contact, I can be contacted via email, social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My email is cloyd.brown at rlcrdu.com. Once again, that email is cloyd.brown at rlcrdu.com. I could I can also be contacted via Facebook, which is Cloyd Brown or Cloyd Stefan Brown. If you're looking on Facebook, I can also be contacted on Instagram, which is at Cloyd Brown. And finally, my Twitter is at Gentleman Cloyd. And how do you spell my name? I'm sure that you're asking. Cloyd is spelled C-L-O-Y-E-D, C-L-O-Y-E-D, and just like the color brown. Once again, you can. Contact me via email at cloyd.brown at rlcrdu.com, via Instagram at Cloyd Brown, via Facebook, Cloyd Stefan Brown, or uh, via Twitter, which is at Gentleman Cloyd. I look forward to hearing from you. And once again, if this is some, if you are looking for a prayer request or if you are looking to begin your relationship with Christ, I would like to offer it here and now. Uh, please reach out to me so we can talk about you being welcome into the kingdom of God. God bless you. God love you. And remember, never let your independence rob you from your dependence on God.